uh, presentation by the community center pool consultants. And I think we were all given a copy of the thousand plus page report, which we were all reading until the wee hours of this morning. Um, trust we're not gonna see all thousand pages. It's an executive summary, but gentlemen, please come up and identify yourselves and welcome. Hi, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Nick Hughes with MKSD Architects. And we've uh, consulted with uh, Councilman Hunsicker Aquatics, um, and this is George Dinas from there. And we've been working uh, for about a year now, at least, uh, with the uh, pool committee uh, to provide a feasibility study uh, for improvements uh, to the Upper Marion Township Pool Facility. Uh, as you said in the large report that we so far have compiled, uh, we will go through, summarize that tonight, um, and to provide the information to the general public at this point. And we're looking at this moment in time uh, in this part of the process for any feedback after tonight uh, to help improve on this. And again, just to emphasize that right now this is a study. Um, it doesn't mean that it's happening, but this is for the township to use that information um, in their decision to proceed or not to proceed with the project going forward. Uh, so that being said, I will uh, turn this over to George. And All right, good evening. Uh, again, as Nick said, my name is George Dinas with Councilman Hunsaker, and we do aquatic planning and design, and we team with MKSD uh, on projects in this region. And so uh, essentially what I would like to do is uh, just give a brief overview of how we approach the project, which is determining the need, and we did that uh, several ways, meeting with the community, with the community uh, through a community survey and doing some outdoor uh, distance community uh, input. Uh, once the pandemic hit, we also did a facility evaluation uh, of the building and the pools. Uh, that led us down the path of developing multiple conceptual options that we reviewed uh, with the pool committee and then also tying in the capital and operational cost uh, with those. And so uh, as part of that process, we look at other area pools, you know, just to see what the other communities uh, have in terms of their uh, offerings for outdoor uh, aquatics. Uh, and then we really see that outdoor aquatics is used for one of four primary purposes, the primary being recreation, uh, but then closely behind that is uh, competition and fitness, as well as instruction uh, and community uh, programming. Uh, so when we looked at the existing pool, you know, we have several slides here that, that just talk about the existing condition. Uh, the one thing that uh, really stood out is just the, the poor condition uh, of the deck and then, uh, you know, some uh, cracks in the pool structure itself, uh, as well as the need to do a renovation of the pool mechanical system. Uh, we typically assign uh, a lifespan of roughly 30 to 40 years uh, for any type of outdoor uh, aquatic facility. And so we would uh, obviously see this one uh, towards the end of its uh, useful life. And so when we start to look at, uh, could it be reused? Uh, the answer is yes, but uh, you know, you're spending uh, several million dollars uh, on a renovation that, that might only get you uh, you know, another seven to 10 years of life um, as opposed to spending, uh, you know, a larger capital investment, but you get another 30 uh, to 40 years of life. And so uh, when we looked at just a basic renovation budget for the pool, 
Uh, that came to just over uh, $2 million. It included the mechanical system, a new gutter system, uh, as well as replacing uh, the pool deck. Uh, one of the things that happened, uh, we actually had uh, community input meetings scheduled for uh, the week of March 31st, and uh, that is right after the pandemic hit, and so we were not able to do that. So we uh, pivoted to a community survey uh, just to uh, make sure that we kept the public aware of the project and to get their input. Uh, we received over 1,500 responses, so we were very pleased uh, with that uh, turnout. Uh, and you have that there in, in your packet. You know, we asked, you know, how do they use the, the existing uh, pool? Uh, how many times did they uh, visit the pool during the summer? We found that, you know, roughly 60% uh, of respondents did visit the pool at least once uh, during the previous summer, uh, and about 40% didn't. But that, that's actually a good sign to us because we wanna hear from the pool users as well as from the non-pool users. And maybe uh, there's something we can do to, to help them want to, use the pool uh, if it is uh, renovated uh, or uh, replaced. Uh, you know, we asked them why uh, they didn't visit the pool. A lot of them said, you know, my kids are grown. I, I have a pool of my own, just don't have uh, time. We asked them about their favorite amenities and we got a variety of answers uh, on that between the kid pool and the, the slide pool and the, and the main pool, the diving boards. Uh, we had people uh, request more children's amenities uh, a renovated bathhouse and, and more shade, which are all very common uh, that we find. Uh, and then also we uh, asked a matrix of, you know, various types of, of programs and amenities that they would like uh, to see offered, you know, on a scale of one to five, you know, what would be, uh, you know, the, the things that you would like to see most. And uh, we got a lot of support for uh, a pool that's open uh, year round. We got a lot of support for a designated uh, children's area and a lazy river, as well as uh, support for lap lanes to support uh, the competitive swimmers in the area. Uh, and then uh, one of the other things that we asked is, you know, how would, you know, what are the programs you would like to see used at the pool? And uh, recreational swimming and swim lessons uh, led the way on that, as we typically find uh, with outdoor uh, aquatics. Uh, we also uh, asked if people uh, of the community liked the location of the existing pool uh, and close to 80% said, uh, you know, just leave it, leave it where it is. We liked it, the existing uh, location. Uh, Heiser Park was the one location that was mentioned as an alternative location uh, if the township would, would want to uh, explore that. And then we got, we got a, a host of, if you can imagine with 1500 responses, um, the, the final survey report, I think was 115 pages long because it has all of the open-ended <laughs> responses, but we got uh, some great responses about just how wonderful the pool is to the community, how great uh, Heather and her uh, team do to, to offer aquatics uh, during the summer season and that it's, uh, you know, it's important to the community and, it, and it's very uh, affordable. So uh, through that, we were able to uh, help to drive our conceptual plan and and look at very uh, you know various different options that included you know some of these uh, items that you'll see here that are very common with outdoor aquatic facilities, as I mentioned, primarily recreational, but also uh, you know we had a, uh, a strong desire for keeping the outdoor uh, 50 meter uh, lap lanes, and so uh, we looked at initially four uh, different options that included. 
uh, sometimes a single body of water, multi -body, uh, bodies, multiple bodies of water, uh, a 50 meter pool versus a, a 25 yard or a 25 meter pool. Uh, and the one that uh, resonated the most uh, with the pool committee was uh, this option that essentially would uh, rebuild the main pool, maybe just tweaking a little bit to put the lap lanes down at uh, one end instead of uh, in the middle, uh, revamping the children's pool to provide a separate children's area and, and then to also uh, put in a, uh, a lazy river. And so uh, this we actually uh, finalized uh, our uh, conceptual options during the summer. And uh, Nick and I were able to uh, come up to the pool in August and we set up uh, some placards out or some uh, yeah, some placards outside and uh, we were able to ask people. Uh, some people just stopped by as the department uh, promoted it on their uh, social media channels, but then also the users of the pool that day. Uh, and we were able to just talk to people, uh, you know, physically distance, face covering, small groups, and, and just get their uh, feedback. And so that was really valuable for us to be able to hear uh, from the people who are actually at the pool, uh, see how they use the pool, but then also uh, get their feedback on on what uh, they would like. And so there's uh, numerous uh, comments there, you know, about making sure that we have uh, areas for uh, adults to make sure that we have uh, good sight lines for parents to see their children, uh, shade and, and tables, uh, as well as again, the support for uh, a year round facility uh, came up. Uh, and so for the people that weren't able to come uh, to that, uh, input at the pool that day. We actually did another survey with the community that, that garnered, uh, I believe, close to a thousand uh, responses just to see, uh, do you like this concept and what are your thoughts? And we had uh, over 70% of respondents uh, were ranking at eight or higher. Uh, and then also uh, the majority of those people were not people that visited the township pool uh, the day that we were there. And so we found that uh, good because it gave us an avenue to reach people that we had not reached uh, before. And so uh, we got a, uh, a lot of great comments, again, support for an indoor pool. They love the concept for uh, the young children. The new design looks very uh, family friendly. And so we got uh, great support for that as well. And so here's a more of a big overview uh, picture uh, that shows a couple of things. It shows the, uh, the pool essentially staying within that uh, same footprint. Uh, it's got uh, the renovated uh, support buildings that Nick and his team developed. And it also has the trail connection there uh, on, the, on the bottom side of the pool. So uh, what I'll do now is I'll let uh, Nick walk through the bathhouse floor plan and then we'll uh, briefly cover the operations. Yeah, so uh, part of the um, challenge of this project was also uh, determining the needs for renovations to the bathhouse. Um, there's specific items that the committee went over as well as the public, uh, like George mentioned, through the surveys and just uh, you know public interaction or physical interaction, I should say, we were able to gain uh, some information of how we can lay out this building um, and determining you know, as far as uh, uh, cost savings is not to you know demolish what you have because it's, it's perfectly fine, uh, the building where it is and it's laid out um, and that wasn't really the point of, uh, of this 
um, process, uh, but how we can utilize the existing building um, and add features or renovate the building um, to help you know meet the needs of the community. Um, so as you'll see on the plans here, uh, the the blue areas, the light blue, um, the the parking lot is to the top of the screen, um, and and the the entrance uh, is similar to what it is now, except uh, as you'll see, it's, we've widened it. Uh, right now, it's kind of a a tunnel entrance as you walk through the building for those of you who have been there uh, to help to help ease egress in and out of the of the facility uh, we've widened that entrance uh, to have an ease of check out check in and check out uh, the blue areas on either side are the are the uh, shower and and locker rooms um, those by large for the community were, were they were happy with it they love the amount of airflow going through it especially uh, in these you know covid times uh, you know they were all very felt very comfortable um, finishes in there that would really remain uh, just be upgraded uh, the to the green to the left of the locker rooms uh, that's the existing kitchen and storage uh, but there was a desire to expand that for um, the snack stand essentially and and, and the amount of features uh, that can be put into it uh, so we're showing right now the existing queuing area for people to walk up uh, to the, the snack stand window uh, is inside uh, so we saw that as an opportunity to use that space uh, for the expansion of the kitchen and allow the queuing to be outside. Uh, there's a large concrete deck area where we would uh, propose, you know, some fabric awnings uh, over top to allow for shade, uh, but allows that that expansion of the facility uh, without really changing um, anything to the building itself. Um, storage needs, uh, we would expand the storage uh, by uh, adding some to the uh, right side of the plan on the gray areas there. Um, and what you see uh, under, you know, on the lower part of this plan here is there was a, a request for um, an upgraded lifeguard area. Um, right now, there's, there's just a very small uh, shack in essence of where the lifeguards can have a break. Um, and uh, that's not right next to the entrance. So we wanted a more prominent lifeguard facility where they can look out onto the pools, uh, even when they're inside, uh, creating you know continuous views to see if there's any kind of an emergency, allowing quick access, uh, allowing for a first aid area. Um, and at the same time, uh, which you'll see on the next slide, but we won't go there yet, is a, is a meeting space uh, to allow for team meetings, uh, rentable party rooms, something of that nature. And the challenge with that, uh, with the bathhouse renovations was, we all, well, we don't want to take up space on the site, right? We like the green, the green areas for the, the residents to lounge at or kids to play around. Um, so we were trying to work with uh, the site as it is. And right now, the unusual portion of the site for people is that the hill. Uh, if you're familiar, obviously, with the site, uh, you as you walk through the entrance, you have to walk down a, a grand set of stairs uh, with a, an embankment to get down to the pool level. Uh, so what we're showing that kind of purple area on the bottom right of the screen is a is an addition onto the um, existing bathhouse that accommodates the lifeguard and meeting space but it's built into that hill so we're taking up a minimal amount of space um, for the actual flat pool deck or grass area that's usable for the residents and actually building that as part of the the hill uh, so what, and another portion across from the on the other side of the stairs is actually an outdoor seating space. So that can be used obviously for um, outdoor performances or events, uh, but also for the residents to get their snacks and, and have a place to sit and overlook the pool uh, while they enjoy that. Um, it was just another feature that was uh, requested by the 
by the residents. What you're seeing here is the, we're calling the pool deck level. So now that you've gone down the, the grand sets of stairs, this is also still built into the hill. Part of that addition would be the lower level, call it of the addition. <clears throat> and this would be the yellow is that uh, large meeting room or party room. So for the swimming competitions that are here, um, or like I said, for added uh, possible revenue benefits for the pool uh, to be allowed for a rentable party space. Um, you know, that, that's a large facility there. And then the support spaces on the left are more storage rooms. Uh, the two blue areas are actually uh, family toilet rooms that can now be accessed directly on the pool deck level. So uh, if there's a kid with an emergency or, or, or you know, parents have to run with them, at least you're not running up the stairs and running into the locker room, it's something that's located right there. Um, and part of, uh, part of this is uh, storage, like I said, and also an elevator for ADA access. Uh, there, rather than having to walk down and around that long path that's there now, uh, because of the, the two levels of the building, there would be an elevator that you can go right in on the parking deck level and be able to go uh, smoothly without uh, any issues uh, from the upper level to the pool deck area. Uh, and so after that, we put the cost of the pools and the building uh, together. So here's a, a breakdown of our, our detailed uh, spreadsheet. The, the long and short of it is that the overall project cost, which includes uh, an escalation factor, uh, contingency for design and construction, as well as uh, all the project fees, uh, came in uh, right about uh, $10.7 million dollars. Uh, so the other things that we did was develop a uh, revised expense budget uh, for the pool that includes not only the, the personnel, all the direct facility expenses, and the, as well as uh, utilities and programs, uh, as well as a revenue budget. And we would see the majority of that uh, in the large blue cutout there uh, is going to be daily admissions and, and memberships with other revenue coming from swim teams, aquatic programs, food and beverage, and uh, rentals. Uh, so with that, when we put together uh, everything in a, in a snapshot, uh, we see that uh, the overall capital cost for the complete replacement would be uh, $10.7 million. Uh, again, we would have a uh, revenue budget of, you know, starting out at $430,000 and then growing uh, over time uh, for a cost recovery rate of, of roughly 85%. Um, and that could, that could vary a little bit. So typically in the first, uh, you know, one to, to five years of operation, we hopefully can see that needle uh, move a little bit closer to, to break even uh, just because of the popularity uh, of the new facility. Uh, so with that, uh, that's a quick snapshot into the uh, last year of, of our work. Uh, and so what we'd like to do now is, uh, as Nick mentioned, receive any feedback uh, that you all have uh, either tonight or, uh, you know, through staff uh, in writing uh, in, in the next couple of weeks if you, after you have time to review uh, the presentation. Uh, also, uh, we would then make revisions to the selected plan and then we would submit a final document. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Greg, you look like you would like to say something. I, I do. Having, having swam competitively in my teenage and early 20s. Um, so right now, the, the competitive portion of it is what, 50 yards or 50 meters? Uh, you have a 50-meter pool for the long course. For the long course. Okay. Would that still be the case by moving those swim lanes? Uh, yes. We would still have a 50-meter course. Uh, by a 25 meter course on the on the far end. Okay, good. So that would 
basically meet the new international standards. Yeah, you'd have both the long course as well as the summer short course right. competition and, links. And would there be the ability to do competition diving here or no? Uh, we have included one meter diving uh, on the on the plan, so you could do one meter diving events. Okay. Um, I, I will tell you from my standpoint, I always like looking at these these crisp plans. Um, I think what you've proposed is uh, really nice in many ways and provides a lot of amenities. Um, the competitive swimming, though, I think is something that, you know, we don't really, um, while we have a very competitive program, it's a very truncated program. It's not all season long. Uh, but I think, you know, part of that has to do with facility and that type of stuff. So I, I really want to see that get expanded. That'd be great. Thank you. I think, uh, yeah, I think you mentioned, or at least in the process, that this was uh, one of the in the area with a 50-meter lane. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. Greg, go ahead. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, first, I want to take a moment to thank everybody who participated in, in this presentation and, and working on this matter. Obviously, the residents who took time to you know, respond to the survey, but I also want to thank um, the Community Center Complex Advisory Board Subcommittee, and I know that there was also participation from a member of the Park and Rec Board who is um, vested in swimming in Upper Marion Township. That is uh, Mr. Paul Salome. He is here tonight. So, Paul, thank you very much for, for your involvement in that. Um, I guess I would view this plan as being aspirational, um, maybe very aspirational right now when you take a look at what's going on uh, economically. Um, but that being said, um, you know, I remember um, there was a community center subcommittee that existed in 2007 and 2008. Mr. Genoway and I both served on it prior to being supervisors. And it took some time. Um, but in 2016, we opened a community center. So yeah, that was aspirational too. Uh, there was also concern about the long-term home for the senior service center because um, I know that the executive membership back when the senior service center was located um, on South Gulf Road, they were always concerned that that building was going to be converted back into an elementary school because of the number of people moving out of the single family houses, retiring and going elsewhere, um, and the number of young families moving in. So they needed a permanent home and that wound up occurring as part of the new community center. And that was aspirational too. And guess what? That's there now. Um, the township pool itself was aspirational. You know, you go back, you know, seven, eight years, there was a desire for a pool. We didn't know what would happen. Um, you know, a private party got involved. Um, the township felt they could run it better. Um, I think we proved that we could run it better and at a much cheaper rate for residents. That hole was aspirational. Some even thought it was naive to think that. Well, guess what? That's where we are right now. The same could be said about a variety of other things in Upper Marion Township. Skate Park, um, Crow Creek Trail, Valley Forge, uh, the West Valley Forge Trail, even portions of that trail are still aspirational, but we've been making progress. So just because uh, we may not have $10.7 million to fund this right now, uh, and we don't have $10.7 million to fund it right now, it doesn't mean that in a few years, a few years down the road, it won't happen. Um, thank you for the time. I thought the report was interesting. I appreciate everybody's involvement in it. And um, it gives us something to think about. Thank you, Mr. Wax. I'm going to keep going this way because I want Mrs. Garzillo, who's the liaison to Park and Rec, to, 
to sort of wrap up our comments. Uh, but I have two, uh, three actually. First of all, thank you for the work and thank you to the staff for making sure that what you needed to get your job done was accomplished and then was provided to you. Uh, these types of plans where we engage outside groups such as yours are, are done for strategic purposes. And this now, I think, brings about a conclusion of all of the different ones that we've looked at over the past eight to 10 years. Uh, we did a strategic and master plan on park and rec. Uh, we did a similar one. In fact, the library did uh, one themselves. Uh, we did one for fire and EMS. We did one for the community center, uh, as was mentioned. And the police department does one as part of their accreditation. And the goal of doing those strategic and master plans is so that we can gain a comprehensive look that matches our community master plan, which runs from 2021 to 2041. So this fits in nicely in what you presented tonight into those big picture concerns and questions that we have. Uh, and, and more importantly, it gives us a target. We now know 10 million bucks do the uh, additional cost increases per year and it gives us something that we now have to work with, which we didn't before. So uh, thank you. And, and I love what your, what your recommendations are. My only question about the actual site, how long does it take to build something like that? How many, how many summers are we out of business because we're gonna put this one in? Yeah, so uh, what our firms uh, typically recommend is that maybe you have a shortened uh, season uh, for one summer uh, maybe you maybe you stop at August 1st instead of September 1st, uh, and then that gives you weather dependent, you know, 10 to 11 months to get it open by the next uh, July the 1st. Uh, and so usually we find that that Labor Day Memorial Day is too tight of a window uh, to get it done. But if you can shorten one season, you'll probably have two shortened seasons, uh, which we typically see as a uh, is a better fit than to have an entire canceled season. But th those are the two options. You can either cancel one season, start construction in June, and it's definitely going to be ready by the next June, or we shorten it and we might open a little bit later. The next okay. season. Great. Thank you very much. And I forgot one plan and Mrs. Kenny's going to yell at me because I forgot it. The stormwater <laughs> management plan. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Kenny, any comments? Well, I'll let him answer that first, and then I have a few other questions. Thank you very much for the presentation. It's really interesting, really great stuff. If um, What are the stormwater management plans? Thank you yes. for segueing right into that for the site. It's stormwater management, uh, we're reutilizing most of, if not the entire existing uh, shell or hole where the shell was now expanding it slightly. And uh, as far as the pool deck, uh, Georgia, the, you know, the, the additional pool deck is, is minimal at this point. Uh, so I would say that once we get into an actual, uh, if this ever becomes a, an actual project, uh, that's where the civil engineers would come on board and, and be able to calculate any any uh, additional stormwater management, the erosion and sedimentation, uh, you know, but the amount of disturbance, you know, if there needs to go to a uh, NPDES permitting process, uh, that hasn't been calculated as part of the, uh, part of this study. But with the strategies that we've used in, in the layout that we've done, uh, it minimizes the amount of what was impervious at the time uh, versus what's going back in. 
Okay. Do you anticipate that there would be a change in the percentage, pervious versus impervious? Yes, there would Based be. Based on this plan? Yes, what would it be? Uh, in okay. essence, it, it, let alone just from the uh, the building addition that we're calling out, you know, mm -hmm. now you're, we're, we're cutting that in as part of the landscape, uh, so there would be some additional percentage. Okay. Um, well, hopefully you'd look into other things, too, to make up for that. Absolutely. Uh, green roof on possibly it, the building? That, that actually was part of the, a little, a little small green roof was a portion of the. I thought I saw that on yeah. the plan. Yeah, okay. Any little bit helps, but. Uh, rain yes. garden, so on. Okay. And, uh, exactly, those are certainly details that we'd love to look into, you know, sustainability, things like that, as this becomes, you know, develops further. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Sure. So I do have a couple of questions. First of all, I have to ask you, maybe, maybe everybody else here knows, What's a lazy river? <laughs> oh, okay. So what is that? Yeah, so uh, a lazy river. Everybody wants it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a current channel. Typically, um, it's, it's essentially, uh, it has river pumps in it. And so you can, you can hop in and the, the current will take you uh, around the circular or usually will do, uh, you know, a curved uh, path. And sometimes you're sitting on a tube. Sometimes you're just... Ah. Uh, swimming or walking through it, okay. uh, but it's uh, it's just a great recreational amenity because it, it holds people. Uh, you can you can make it a little bit more exciting uh, if you want to you know kind of run through it, or you can make it a little mm -hmm. bit more relaxing if you're uh, sitting in an inner tube. And then a lot of times we'll see facilities like this uh, will do uh, river aerobics or water walking against the current before mm -hmm. the facility opens up to the public in the morning. Okay. Uh, and so they'll just have a general walking, water walking time where you can actually walk against the current. And so was that in your plan that you just showed us? The, the Lazy, Lazy River? Yes, yes. It so was. was. Could you show it to us again, please? Yes. And where is that in relation to the kitty pool or the kitty area, the kids yeah, area? Yeah, so the, uh, the kitty area is right in the in the middle below the two uh, circular red and white shade structures. So that's a zero depth entry mm -hmm. uh, that has a uh, kid's play structure in it that has a, you know, a water slide mm -hmm. and some sprays. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the lazy river uh, is just below that. Uh, and you'll see there's a, there has a couple of stair entries, one on uh, either side. And then it has a little uh, passive uh, cutout area that would have a bench seating so you could uh, if you're not in the river, you could also just sit and relax on the bench in the, in the middle okay. of the river. Okay. And how deep is something like that? Uh, typically, the lazy rivers are three to three and a half feet deep. Okay. Okay. All right. That sounds wonderful. So that's included in this total price? That's correct, yes. Okay. And um, second question, the $10.7 million package, the whole thing you're talking about, that would then extend the life to 30 years? Correct. The life yeah, of the pool? We typically see outdoor pools have a 30 to 40 year uh, lifespan. So okay. yes, that would uh, be for that amount of time. Okay. Um, because you had mentioned about just doing um, maintenance or repairs and that would only be seven to 10 years? Uh, correct, yes. Okay. And in this package with looking at the pool, the large pool with the 50 meter and the 25 meter, is that taking the current pool and demolishing it and taking it out and starting from scratch or what? Correct, yes. We would see that uh, if you go with the, the complete replacement that you would demolish uh, 
the existing children's pool, slide pool, as well as the main pool, uh -huh. uh, and then start over. You could obviously use the, the hole that, it, that it's in, okay. uh, but we would recommend to, to go ahead and start new with that. So, okay, that would be, you'd be recommending just getting rid of everything and starting yes. over completely. Okay. As part of this uh, the study as well, you know, especially after all of the community interaction, um, and discussions with the committee is kind of presenting a, uh, a wish list option, right? And then as this, if this ever becomes a, a, a viable project in the end, uh, where you go into detailing and, and view your current budget at the time is when you can see this and either, you know, take some out, see what works, uh, go back to previous options and see, you know, what other features are available or not available. Mm -hmm. uh, but for what, as George mentioned, you know, for this, we're, we were recommending replacement of everything. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate the fact that you can give us all of these options. And then if, if we wanted to look and say, well, we like all of this, but not that, we could leave something out, take something away. Um, the current pavilion that's there, um, it, is that, would that stay? Is that considered? Correct, yes. The, uh, the, the current pavilion right now is, the, is mm -hmm. the very bottom of your screen, just below the Lazy River. Yep. Uh, that's that outdoor pavilion right yep. there. Um, okay. So what you're seeing, uh, the other, what looks like a roof, uh, an orange roof on the right side of the plan, would be a new pump house for all new pool equipment. And even that's, uh, that placement of that building uh, doesn't necessarily need to be there. We've discussed multiple, multiple options of, of how to you know, increase uh, area where people can stand around the pool, especially during swim meets, uh, and potentially relocating that, you know, to the southwest side of this uh, property or, or something like that. But the the existing pavilions, both up next to the parking lot mm -hmm. and uh, and to the south of the Lazy River, right there right. are or would remain. Is there still sufficient room for people to sit there with their chairs and umbrellas and? Um, yeah, that's uh, some of the. Just I mean, hang around. Absolutely. <laughs> it it Whether doesn't it's on look a, to me like there's a lot from just looking at this. Doesn't look like there's a lot of green space, enough space for all the people who normally would hang around the out the outside of the pool. Sure, and uh, that's part of the trade-off, I would think, right, George, when uh, when adding new amenities such as a lazy river and, and zero beach entries and multiple bodies of water, and we are showing a, you know a double water slide um, on the on the bottom right there of the the main pool. Um, you, you add some pool deck space uh, that also provides area for lounge chairs on the pool deck itself, uh, but then also wanting to keep uh, green space around that. Uh, so yeah, there is there is a, a certain uh, dance you have to work with with uh, adding amenities and and the walkable surfaces to get from one to the other uh, versus keeping you know maximizing the green space as well. Because I've been to pools. Oh, when I was a kid, where there was nothing but deck around it, yeah. and that was hot, uh -huh. it was not pleasant. <laughs> um, it was a Levitt pool on Long Island. You, you might know that's that. where I grew up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up on Long Island. Yep. Yeah. We'll talk later. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was a Levitt pool, and it was nothing but um, concrete sure. all around. There was no green space, and that's what concerns me with this. I've been to this pool lots of times. Um, and I would just set up space with a, the table and the umbrella and chairs and, and stay there for hours, swim, and then come back and hang out, read a book, sure. whatever, watch the kids. Um, that's okay. kind of a, that's one a of the areas. That's a concern of mine, though, that there's not that much, it doesn't appear to be that much space to do that. 
Yeah, that's one of these areas we talked about, especially moving what we're calling the pump house, um, that orange roof is, is a prime opportunity to add back green space and essentially or possibly move that, uh, like I said, to the Southwest where you have a large shaded area, but it's mm -hmm. kind of unused right now, mm -hmm. um, at least for the members is kind of just a dead zone. Certainly you could put something else in that spot. There is part of the surveys people ask, oh, maybe there's a playground, you know, for kids that, you know, you can, you know, that, that's a good spot for that too. But the pool's uh, the playground. The pool is the plan. You want to go to a playground, go to a playground. Exactly. <laughs> this is a pool. You don't need a playground. So there are certainly opportunities to, yeah, uh, to I'd rather have some. I'd rather have more green space for people to sit on their chairs or yeah. blankets or whatever. Okay. That would be my one suggestion that sure. you somehow look at it to include more green space for people to just hang out. Okay. Um, okay. I think that was my last question. No. You mentioned earlier that some people would like an indoor pool. Does This doesn't talk about any kind of enclosure to make this an indoor, indoor pool, does it? Uh, it does not, no. Uh, one of the, the possibilities on uh, when we had, we're showing multiple options. Uh, these are kind of small up here, I apologize for that. But the second option and the fourth option uh, have either a six lane or an eight lane pool that are, uh, that could be possible to set off to the side and you could do a seasonal enclosure, uh, such as, you know, you've seen some, some tennis centers that have an inflatable mm -hmm. uh, bubble. And so mm -hmm. uh, it is, there is a possibility uh, to do that with the, with the current configuration of having the 50 meter pool with the 25 uh, meter lanes at the end, that would be a little bit more difficult mm -hmm. uh, and, and very expensive to put the, the large enclosure over, but there are some options if you have the, the six lane or eight lane lap pool that you'd be able to do that. Is that something, well, if you said it would be more expensive, nothing's impossible if you throw enough money at it, right? Correct. Um, <laughs> but assuming that Let's talk long-term, we're talking about wish lists here. Um, if we went ahead at some point with some variation of your initial plan, um, would it be feasible in five years after that to then enclose the large pool? Correct. It doesn't yeah. have to be done, it would not have to be done all at once. And can you give us some kind of an idea of what the cost would be f just for the enclosure? Sure, so uh, as long as the uh, pool was set off uh, to the side or you know you have a route from the bathhouse mm -hmm. to the enclosure, uh, that would definitely be uh, something that is uh, feasible that we could study at the beginning of design and, and make sure that, that we, we recognize that so that in five years you could uh, do that. Uh, typically the pool enclosures uh, are in between say, uh, $30 and $50 per square foot. Uh, so if you have a, uh, an eight lane pool is 4,500 square feet. So you would want uh, roughly a nine to 10,000 square foot uh, enclosure. Uh, so that, you know, typically the bubbles would run, uh, you know, maybe 400 to $650,000 okay. uh, is the initial investment. And then you usually have to spend about 15 to $20,000 uh, you know, to put it up in September and then to take it down oh. uh, in May. So you need to budget for those annual uh, operational costs okay. to put it up and down as well. Okay. Okay. Just to have an idea. Yep. Thank you. Sure thing. Thank you very much.
Supervisor Garzillo, before you go, if I could just jump in real quick. Um, first, let me do, let me state that I sort of agree with what Supervisor Kenny is saying in regards to uh, wanting a shade area. Uh, the Levittown pool that I went to growing up on Long Island, North Woodmere Park, did not have any shade area. Generally speaking, I actually preferred to go to Long Beach and, and go to the beach. But uh, yeah, I, I would. I know that our residents don't want to spend, you know, um, all day at the pool in the sun uh, if there is a way to avoid that. So some shade area would be uh, really preferable, at least in my opinion. But that is not why I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in because I have uh, received a few comments from residents that we are having some issues with the audio, uh, specifically over there at the podium. So one thing I want to make sure that we do, because I know that there's a lot of demand to hear this uh, presentation, is if we could turn this portion of the board meeting into its own segment vignette, as we we've done in the past um, and run it on UMGA and obviously on, on uh, umtownship.org, uh, pardon me, on, on YouTube through umtownship.org and get it up uh, ideally sooner rather than, rather than later so people won't have to wait to be able to, to catch this important presentation. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Don. Supervisor Garzillo, I apologize. It's always difficult coming in on the end anyway because everyone has asked all your questions. So <laughs> I'll... Um, <laughs> I'll scramble and try to see if I can come up with some new questions that haven't been asked. But uh, first, I'd like to say thank you very much for the presentation. Uh, very thorough, very well thought out, um, really paid attention to the needs of the community with what you presented. Uh, I was impressed with a couple of the items that you did specifically, and um, so I'll address those. But I also wanted to thank Mr. Salome for coming this evening. He's our summer swim coach, so he's very vested in projects like this. Um, so I appreciate that you come out this evening to, um, to be part of this presentation and you may have some comments as well when we go to um, public comment. So thank you for coming. Um, this, was, this was a study that was necessary that we had, as, as uh, Chairman had mentioned, going through so many lists of things that were necessary for our township to move forward as far as our master plans. And this is one that we tossed around for a little bit. So I'm pleased to see that this has been completed now. And I really appreciate the thoroughness and the amount of input that you've received from residents. So that's a substantial number. And uh, the fact that you went out uh, and actually were there in person because of the, uh, the pandemic and not being able to um, do public meetings. I think that was a nice alternative that probably provided you with a lot of information and uh, pleased to know that you were able to speak with people that didn't return the surveys. So I was going to ask that question, I had jotted that down, but then you had mentioned that, that it was a totally different pool of people pool of people. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, I, was, I was pleased to know that, that that's a pretty broad segment of the population. So a few thousand people have had input into that. And I didn't have time to thoroughly go over the report just because it was so extensive. So I'll, I'll be able to go on, uh, back at my leisure now and, and look at it more so. Um, a couple questions that I did have. Um, my notes are scrambled all over the place here. I was wondering about the demolition time. So I know that you were talking about um, how you could break up the seasons or, or when to do it. How long actually is the demolition period? And um, I was wondering if that could even be phased, if it could be demolition and then construction at another season. So I didn't know timing-wise uh, how long the demolition period goes. Uh, well, like that demolition is usually, if it is a single phase and you're trying to get it done in one season, um, it it depends on the scope of the project and the contractor that's on board. Uh, they will have their scheduling techniques. Uh, some of them I've, we've seen have started demolition in one area 
and as they're working on another area, they be immediately begin prep on the area that has been demoed to try to uh, speed up the process. Um, it certainly could be phased um, if you're, but then like you said, then you're working and if you demo one season and start construction another, you're just prolonging the overall project schedule, uh, which could in turn uh, increase costs for the overall project. But phasing of the project, depending on the needs of the community and, and of the township is, uh, is certainly an option. Uh, but as far as duration of the demo portion of the project, um, I mean, m a month, a month or two to, to get rid of the shells and the existing features, things like that. And then, but then you work that immediately works right into the site preparation uh, for what's to come next. So it kind of all gets tied together. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, as far as um, changes to the structure, I really liked how you looked at the uses. And uh, one of those, one of the one areas that I was uh, impressed with was queuing to the outside for the snack bar area. That um, I probably wouldn't have thought of that. And um, I have a design background, but when as soon as you said that, like that makes total sense. So I was really pleased with um, that concept. Another concept that I really liked was going into the hillside. Now I remember my children were on swim teams and we belonged to the pool over the years and the kids like to sit on the pool, uh, I mean on the, the hillside, but as far as use of space, uh, it wasn't used that much. So I thought that was a really um, good use of the space to uh, go into the hillside. Thank you. So I, I, yeah, I really appreciated that. I was wondering about the entrance coming in with widening it and what's being compromised or being eliminated um, so when you take down the walls to, to expand out, what what sure. is being changed there? The only thing that's eliminated is actually is the existing, I'll call it the check-in windows that are there right now. It's where the guards are sitting, I believe, or the, the staff members. Um, and that's that portion is a small rectangular portion of the building. We felt one, the guards would then gain their own space in the, the new lifeguard area of the addition, as well as uh, there's an office space in there for the, uh, the manager. Um, so that in turn allowed us the opportunity to widen that entrance. Uh, you're really not losing the function because that's just being relocated somewhere else in the facility. And then it creates a more functional, you know, ingress and egress. Okay. <clears throat> Okay. And we also showed, uh, uh, if you saw, uh, like almost a desk and within that walkway, so they could have a, a check-in and check-out spot right there. So you could have a staff member, you know, permanently, uh, you know, stationed there for people, new people coming in uh, to allow that, you know, queuing through. Okay. Um, and another uh, comment about design. I was wondering why the L shape was selected with it being 50 meter and then the other part <laughs> being 25 meter and why you... <clears throat> could possibly maybe design a, a 50 meter and 25 meter rectangle and why you, just, you went with the um, L shape and how much space is saved or lost when you're um, making those design? Sure, great question. So uh, with the current uh, plan to have the 50 meter, uh, we'd have six 50 meter lanes and then uh, either six to eight, uh, 25 yards slash 25 uh, meter lanes at the end. So that brings us just a little under uh, 10,000 square feet, about 9,600 square feet. Whereas if we were to do 50 meters by 25 yards, uh, we would then have a pool that would be closer to 13,000 square feet, uh, depending upon whether or not you have a bulkhead. So we're saving uh, roughly 3,000, uh, 2,500 to 3,000 square feet uh, by doing it this way. And then you still have that functionality of, of short course and uh, long course swimming. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask about the pavilion, but uh, Supervisor Kenny 
asked about that one. Um, I was going to ask about the doming. She asked that question, um, which is absolutely fine. <laughs> I have enough. I have enough here on my list. <laughs> um, I was um, going to ask about the lazy river also, and some of those questions were already answered. And uh, another question I had is: it a continuous flow that 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 area that pool is always lazy river with the jets going, and they don't you don't turn them on when you want to use them. That it's just continuous. Correct. Yeah, it's continuous throughout the day. Yep. Okay. Uh, If we wanted to do the um, the project in phases, break it out, um, can there be any recommendations made for this is this is priority? This is what we think that you should do first. This is maybe lower priority. Like I'm thinking, maybe the lazy river wouldn't be a, a top priority. So can could it possibly be phased out that we could see priority of what you think? Like what is what is really essential for going forward with it? And then maybe it could even help us from the budget point of view of knowing. Um, that like that, the mechanicals, things like that, like the lifespan is almost over and that's, that's a must, you have to do it. So uh, maybe we would appreciate just having a list of prioritized and break out the, the, the numbers for us that uh, we can evaluate all of it and um, be wonderful to do it all at once and everything, but um, <laughs> yes, dreams. <laughs> but um, okay. I think breaking things out uh, would just be uh, beneficial to us as well. Okay, sure, we can do that. And that may be the end of my questions. I think I got them all. And then uh, uh, Supervisor Wax um, mentioning of putting it on the site, even with, without the, the audio problem. I think that residents would appreciate being able to go back after and just um, be able to view that again. So that, that would be good. And that's the end of my comments. Great. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being sure here tonight. Thank you. Well, that was pretty good for a number of questions after